Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. So it has been a while since I've had an interview with an individual from our church. And I actually had sent Jim an invitation to be a guest on our podcast quite a few months ago and never heard from him until recently. And he had missed the message. He just hadn't seen it. There have been some major, major things that he's gone through in this last year. So that is no surprise that he didn't get the message. But I feel like the timing was better to do this now uh, after some of the things he's gone through and for him to be able to share his story with us now at this time. So it is my honor and privilege to share this with you and my joy. This was a great conversation. I am so thankful for his vulnerability and for him taking the time to share with us Uh, a little bit more about who he is and what he's been through this last year, you're going to want to listen to the whole thing. Uh, It's powerful. And I'm just really, really thankful uh, for this conversation with Jim Kuhn. So enjoy. So my name is Jim Kuhn, K-U-H-N. Full name is James. Her given name is James. Born and raised in Washington State. I have lived all over the state. This is the farthest east I've ever lived in the state, but all over. And so you were in the west side, right? Like, where are you from? I know you 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 said all over. Do you feel like you have a hometown, or like, or not really? Just Washington in general. I'm the son of a United Methodist pastor and a step the stepson of a United Methodist pastor. And as many of you may know, the Methodist pastors are itinerant. They stay in one place as long as the bishop says you stay. And so born in Tacoma, moved to Wenatchee a short time later, uh, lived in Wenatchee for a very short time, moved to Chelan, lived in Chelan for four, maybe five years, maybe. Um, Then my dad got sent to Grandview, which is just what, about 30, 40 miles west of here. We lived there for two years and my parents got divorced there and my mom moved us back to Wenatchee and my dad moved, my dad moved across the mountains to Olympia, I believe. And um, so then my mom met my stepdad in Wenatchee who, when he was serving the church in Sela, which is again, is just about what 80, 90 miles uh, west of here. Lived in Sela for about six years, um, and then he was sent to Gig Harbor, which is uh, which at the time was a gorgeous little town. I do not like it now. It has grown so much. It's just ugly, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and I went to finish my high school there, um, and then from there, I lived all over the Puget Sound region, um, and everywhere from. Federal Way, Auburn, Enumclaw, Everett, Granite Falls, and 
couple times in Everett, and that's about the sum the summation. But I really, I would have to say, no offense, I do like it over here, but I am a West Side person. Yeah. I like the rain. I like the dampness. I like the green. Um, yeah. But I, I enjoy. There's lots of cool things over here too. So it's a. Uh, there's no one's better than the other. I just there's things I enjoy in different ways. Yeah, I was curious uh, about that. I was going to ask because um, because it's so different. It's so different on this side of the state than the other side of the state. And, like, and yes, it is. And people think it rains all the time over there. And tell you the truth, we that live over have lived over there a lot. We let you think that all you want. Um, and the cool thing about living over there is I rode my motor- motorcycle 12 months a year over there. Over here, you can't do that. That just doesn't work. You get the way too hot for a month or so, and you get the way too cold for a month or so, and the ice and yeah. snow. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the biggest things that I miss is that I rode 12 months a year over there. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed that, but I well, also... What kind of motorcycle do you ride? I, I've got a, a cruiser. It's a Yamaha V-Star 1300. It's full dress, saddlebags, windscreen. I hope someday I get to ride it again. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about that kind of, you know, what you've, what you've been through just in the recent year, but let's, um, we'll get to that in a little bit. So that sounds like a really cool bike though. Tell me about your family. So like I mentioned earlier, parents got divorced. I could go on and on about my dad and details that probably just really don't matter. I mean, he's a, he was a pastor, but he behaved very poorly. We'll just leave it at that. Um, hence the divorce. My mom, I, I loved her dearly. I had my typical American boy time where I avoided her as much as possible. But the last four or five years of her life, we were with her as much as we could in the last year, even more. Um, but I do have a gap in there, which kind of breaks my heart. But uh, yeah, to the very end, she was an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got uh, two brothers and a sister. I'm the only natural born child of my family. My mom had four or five kids. They all died in days um and so they adopted my older brother and then my second older brother and then my sister and then somehow by the grace of god mom was able to carry me and i lived even though she was told it would never happen my my older brother who lives down in boise is my favorite brother he's the one i have the real relationship with my sister we talk quite a bit on the phone haven't seen each other in a number of years but we we talk and we I am and we text, so we keep in touch. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't travel very well. She was in a horrendous car accident on Thanksgiving in 2002, I believe. Maybe it was 2004. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And so she's been disabled for 20 some years. Oh wow! Uh, and so you know, so it's tough to get to see her. Mm-hmm. Um because it hurts her to drive and she lives in Shelton, which is a very long drive from here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully this summer we'll get to spend some time with her. Um, yeah. And uh, 
oldest brother, nothing in common. He does his thing. And we don't really cross paths. Mm-hmm. And then are you, and you're married, right? Yes. My wife, Dawn Olson. Um, we were in our thirties when we got married. We talked about hyphenating and this is absolutely not. So she stayed Dawn Olson. I stayed James Kuhn and we called it good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's cool. I'd love to know what your occupation is. I am an industrial engineer. So process improvements, facilities improvements. I was, I am a licensed industrial engineer. I'm a PE, professional engineer. I I was the engineer of record for a, a pretty lucrative consulting company for a number of years. And the economy changed and things changed. And I went to work for Boeing and was an industrial engineer for Boeing for a number of years. And we just got tired of the, uh, tired of it's 23 miles from the Everett factory. We lived in the little town of Granite Falls. And uh, when we moved there, it was a 32 minute drive. When we left there, a good day was an hour and a quarter. Oh my word. Go 23 miles. That's a lot. That's so much uh, traffic. And I said a good day. A bad day was up to two hours Ugh. to go 23 miles. You think about that for a minute. Um, and so we uh, we sold our house thinking we were going to move into town closer to the plant, not realizing that when we bought our house in the little, cute little town we used to live in, you know, these, these cute little old historic houses in the north end of Everett were selling for $100,000. We were looking at these houses that had been sort of flipped, Horrible jobs, nasty, disgusting. $500,000 plus for a thousand square foot, one bathroom, two bedroom home. My gosh, that's so insane. We said, no, we are not doing this. We started looking at some other houses and we found a 1970s split level for $800,000. It's like, uh, no. So then we started looking all over the country for a new opportunity. and. Interviewed in Arizona, uh, in uh, Minnesota. Um, there was one other interview, I don't know where it was. And then I got this interview here in, in uh, Richland. And uh, it all happened all so quick that we just thought, okay, the good Lord is calling us there for something. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't work out so well. But then when the 737 crisis happened and those two or three aircraft crashed and a couple of things happened, but to really bad to Boeing, 50,000 of my coworkers at Boeing lost their jobs overnight, basically. And we would have been part of that bloodbath and we'd have been in trouble Mm -hmm. because benefits, income all gone. But being here, you know, got a great job. Got uh, good benefits. Dawn has found a great job with Gisa, and I guess the uh, the calling was to save us from that horrible, horrible downturn. Yeah, that's it's, so uh, devastating. Yes, um, and the job here is not perfect, but the leadership team here, the senior management staff, are a wonderful bunch of people, and they've taken great care of me. And oh, that's I'm awesome. still in. 
and uh, I work from home. I support them as much as I can. It's a lot tougher when your job is to be on the floor and figuring things out and making things better. And I can't, I'm a liability. I can't be in the warehouse right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we'd have no idea when that's going to change. And plus I can't drive. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't know when that's going to change either. Mm-hmm. So it's, but uh, you're still working. Yes, I'm still gainfully employed and have all of my benefits. And and let me tell you, with this stuff, we have spent a lot of money since um, early November. So, so can so you just refer to this stuff, but um, nobody's going to actually see your hand motion. Oh, <laughs> I'm this, sorry. In this conversation, <laughs> oh, so I can. So I know what you're talking about. But um, what is this? What is this stuff? So in early November, I got what was diagnosed as a sinus infection. And let me tell you, trying to get help in time of COVID from a doctor or anybody is impossible. They go through all the symptoms with me. It's no, 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 no. Give a headache. Yeah, I got a screaming headache. And they would basically tell me to get out of the clinic. You have COVID. I do not. No fever. No loss of smell. No shortness of breath. No diarrhea. Nothing, nothing. And, uh, but you got a headache. Well, yeah, I got a headache. And um, I was in the walk-in clinics and to our nurse line, uh, our company nurse line. And I, I got this really cool nurse practitioner and sweetest, kindest, happy, smiling. Just, she smiled through the phone at me. And she goes, Jim? you need to go find where they do the COVID testing in your area and go to that walk-in clinic. And I said, why? She goes, because the A-team will be there. The best of the best will be there. And so we have gone Clearwater down by the Albertsons or Winco, whatever it is. And we drew a couple of nurse practitioners and immediately they're like, why is your left hand shaking, Jim? My left hand shaking? I had no idea. And then they start doing this where they come at you from both sides with questions and things. Do this, do that, and answer this, you know, just as quick as you can. And the more they came at me, the more my arm uncontrollably just started shaking. And they said, um, you right now are going to the ER over at the main campus in Richland. Don't go home. Don't go anywhere. And you are not driving. Do you have a ride? And um, that's a little scary. Yeah, you think? And so after a couple hours there, thank goodness it was a quiet night and they got me right into a room and MRI and I don't know, sometime late in the evening, the doc comes out and goes, uh, no, excuse me. No, it's okay. You've got a large mass on your left temporal lobe. And uh, that was like the day after Thanksgiving. And within two or three days, I don't remember the whole chain of events. I just know that December 7th was the surgery. And that was like the 30th or 31st was all the, the stuff that uh, finding out. So within four or five days, within a couple of days, we were in Boise. Oh, my gosh. And they were, I think I had three or four different MRIs because of where it's located. They could have destroyed all my motor skills where the tumor was. And so all kinds of cool stuff and analysis and, you know, and my sister-in-law is an oncologist down in uh, Boise, got us in to see one of, I would say, one of the finest neurosurgeons in the world. 
guy was unbelievable and uh, had surgery on the seventh, two or three days later, we came home, um, found out in that time sometime that it is the worst of the worst brain cancers. Dang. And um, people survive, but the vast majority do not. And they you know 50% at a year, at five years, you're down into the 5% at the most. But I am free and clear right now because of where the tumor was located and because of how good of a doctor I had, they got it as much as humanly possible, got it all. Wow. And, um, and so then, uh, um, of course, now then I, I lost my brain function went away. My memory, I, I struggle still. Um, but then I've got this device here, which is this, there, there's, there are contact points on my head. They're in quadrants. And what this does is it's like the best analogy they can give us, uh, us is it's electronic chemotherapy. So it puts a, a, an electronic field on my brain and your brain cells do not divide. The only cells that are in growing in a person's brain that are dividing don't belong there. And what this thing does is a, with the electronic field, when the mitosis happens, which is a, as the, after the cell splits, it has to curl and the electronic field prevents that. So every time, if I had a tumor right now, which I'm free and clear right now, every time a tumor cell tries to grow, as soon as it divides, it dies. And, um, wow. so it's a ball and chain and it's a pain in the rear, but it gives me a bit of hope and technology right now is advancing at light speed. Mm -hmm. I did with the COVID uh, vaccine with the MRNA, they're expecting within a year, they being scientists that they will be able to create, it's not really a vaccination, but that's the term they use a vaccination that will destroy tumors in people's brains. Incredible. Take a shot, take a pill, and the tumors will go away. And they're having success in the phase zero, and there are some phase one trials going on right now. So we'll just keep an eye on it. And if I get a regrowth, which is very, very common because the cancer is so aggressive, um, we will get in line for a, for a, a trial. Wow. Hopefully I don't have to deal with that because there are people that are in a support group. I mean, there's a lady, she's 23, she's 23 years on and no growth. And, you know, so she, she's one of the lucky ones. So it is possible. Yeah. And like, you know, we talk, like Don and I talk, and I said, Jim, either way you win. You know, if I'm not cry, if you stay here and live longer and serve the Lord and you're with me, it's good. If you die, you're going home to Jesus. Either either way, it's good. So and that is my life. And the chemo is brutal. The radiation was horrible. Um, and so basically, I am 
I just start feeling better and it's time for chemo again. Oh. And, and then, and then the chemo is additive. So let's just say I'm holding my hand up. Let's just say that hundred percent is 12 inches off the table. Each time you take chemo, you drop way down to the table. And then as the weeks go by between chemo cycles, you come back up, but you will never get to the 12 inches again. Yeah. You know, it might be eight the first time and then it's seven, six, five. And so you have this just low grade feeling horrible all the time. Ugh. And, uh, um, and so it's, uh, I've got two more rounds, one in, I believe it's starts right around July 4th and then, or ends right around July 4th. I can't remember which it is. And then the final one is sometime around August 10th. And then long, hard prayers. It doesn't come back. Cause I don't want to do that stuff again. It's, yeah. it's miserable. Um, yeah. but, uh, it's, a uh, divine wow. has been, and the people of the vine, um, especially, uh, basically our branch group has been unbelievable to us and for us hauling me all over the place, waiting for me at appointments, you know, and that's, you know, Steve, Rachel, Ethel, um, Micah. I know Micah's not part of our branch, but he is our pastor. And I'm missing somebody, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, and that happened. That just went down so fast. So... I, um, last summer, um, I started having emotional swings and behaving differently and, um, something was up and I take a motorcycle ride every year with my brother just after labor day. And I've ridden these roads down. We go down to Nevada and we play, we play crafts for one evening, basically. It's an excuse to ride motorcycles. It's an excuse to go down and goof off and be brothers and yeah. it's an excuse just to goof off, right? Yeah. And riding the motorcycle north out of Nevada, I've been on this road three or four times, and it's the most gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful road. I was terrified. I was terrified oh. four hours. And getting on the interstate at Mountain Home, Idaho, to go back to Boise, doing 80 miles an hour on that motorcycle was just like, oh, I am going to die right here now. And of course, now I know that is the result of the tumor growing in my head. And then by the time I got home in September, when I parked my bike, I was, I didn't want to be on that thing ever again. And this is my favorite hobby. That's so interesting. I was, uh, and I couldn't remember things. I I didn't know where I was. I mean, a couple of times we were over doing some errands and stuff in in the, the area we used to live in near Everett. and. Says Don, where are you going? Where do you think I'm going? This is the road to the store we're going to. Is it? And she looks at me like, "What is wrong with you, buddy?" And we didn't put two and two together until later. And then, of course, I was emotional, up and down, wouldn't shut my mouth, would talk for hours on end, and then I wouldn't say anything for hours on end. And uh, it was, and I kept, and I kept. I told multiple doctors, I said, I watched my wife degenerate from a brain tumor. I feel like she looked and I perceived her during that time. Oh, you're fine. Really? 
And then we, you know, you're fine. You're fine. And so that, that sinus infection I got in early November wasn't a sinus infection. That was my brain being pushed out of the way by this tumor that's a very fast growing tumor. Whoa. Yeah. And, yeah, you, so and your wife had? But your wife had? Brain cancer back in, she was diagnosed in early September of 2015. And then had surgery just after Labor Day. Um, but she has the most benign form of brain cancer. They say if hers comes back, it'll be about 30 years from when they found it, based on oh. the statistics and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, when we were in the, in the hospital when they discovered this, and Dawn mentioned that she'd had brain cancer also, one of the, the people working with us said, well, you two must have worked out at the site. There are, there are lots of resources and funds we can get for you. And says, no, we just moved to the Tri-Cities in 2018. And no, we've never worked at Hanford. And they're like, really? <laughs> and she comes from Wisconsin and, and Olympia. I come from central Washington. Yeah. And then, you know, South Puget Sound. And so completely different areas of the yeah. world, basically, you know? Huh. Um, yeah, so it's uh, statistics say it doesn't happen, but here we are. Right, here you are. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh -huh. Wow, Jim. Well, thank you for sharing for sharing a little bit about that that journey you've been on this last year. That's pretty intense. That uh, is an understatement. An understatement. Uh, seriously, I mean, and of course, twenty twenty. I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> together yes <laughs> oh my goodness oh my goodness well I'm so glad you're here I'm so glad you've been getting care and treatment and um that you're clear at the moment I mean praise God yes it praise it, God yes that is I thank God every day for my blessings and all the gifts and resources that we have and the wonderful people in our lives so how did you get connected to the Vine Church? So I grabbed my iPad and typed in non-traditional churches, Kenwick, Washington, or Tri-Cities, Washington. I don't know which one it was. First on the list, the Vine. And I go, on oh, the Vine. And it says it's right here somewhere. And she goes, the Vine, the Vine, that sounds familiar. I think we used to have a big banner hanging on the side of the school or something. Or there was a, a, a sandwich board out or something. I don't remember what it was. She goes, I drive by that sandwich board at least twice a week. They're yeah. at the school right up the road here. And so we uh, thought, what's the worst that's going to happen? There's going to be a bunch of people we don't want to hang out with. So the next Sunday, we went. And, of course, the wonderful people, I mean, standing in the entryway is Micah, Sarah, and Steve, and... I believe it was Ethel and maybe Pam and a dozen other people. And they're like, all of a sudden, you're, you're, we were their new, newest, best new friend, you know? And they treated us wonderfully, introduced us around like the way it's supposed to be done. <laughs> um, wasn't too impressed with the school thing because at, you know, final prayer, everybody stands up and boom, they're gone. <laughs> you know, it was like, Okay, but we got to know people. We joined the branch, um, which we hope someday with 
we can get back to because of my fatigue now by seven o'clock I'm ready for bed yeah you know I just I can't do I'm just unfit to do anything but it was a an amazing experience and all these wonderful people that everybody want to talk to you everybody want to find who you were and not like in a nosy kind of we're gonna put you down kind of way but uh just to get to know you way and we're like okay this is cool <laughs> yeah we'd given up we're done we were completely we we're done we were going to watch marysville united methodist church on uh online on sundays and but that is so depressing because you're not part of the community i mean wonderful pastors and great music and you know um good sermon but you're not part of the community there's no contact you have to drive five and a half, six hours to go to church. Yeah. And so it's like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's not very doable. No, he says, we can't do this. We need, I said, this is depressing me more than not going to church because we're not part of the community. And so, but we found you guys. It was wonderful. That's awesome. And that, and that new building. Oh, that place is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was so good to see you here the other couple weeks ago. It was like so awesome, you know. And we've been we've been twice now. Um, maybe this Sunday again. There might be something else going on. Um, oh, that was yeah. There's yeah. So this Sunday, we also found another amazing pastor in our adventure to the vine, uh-huh. and we've kept tabs with her and we like to go listen to her preach once a month and so we, we drive down to milton free water once a month to go to grace presbyterian it's just uh it um i know it's splitting my time or our time which is precious but it's it's reminds me of being a kid in the small farm town churches that my dad served and yeah. so there are multiple things that just draw me down there. Yeah. And so it, and once a month, the two hours of driving is worth it. Yeah. You know, um, oh, that's very cool. But the vine is, I mean, I, I feel a part of grace, but I feel a bigger part of the vine. Yeah. And we're, we're equally welcomed in both places, which is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Oh, we're glad that you're here and good to see you whenever we get to see you. <laughs> um, so I know you mentioned that you are into motorcycling. That's not something you can do at the moment, but um, what are some of your interests and hobbies? So riding the motorcycle, I love maintaining my yard and uh, much now with this stuff but uh, with the with the piece of hardware that i wear i can't be in the hot sun and so it makes it much more difficult to maintain my yard um, um well i imagine right wife. now oh go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say i imagine right now you're in such a different season of your life and everything that you've been through in this last year I, I'm, I'm sure there's just been so many adjustments and, and things, you know, just energy wise and how you feel and all of that, that's going to affect how much time you even have or energy to do any of these things besides like the energy it takes to survive and live. Yes, you are exactly right. It, um, I worked out in the yard for about 
70 minutes, 80 minutes last on Monday, I was exhausted. It took me two days to recover. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, so everything's a challenge and, and really the, um, really the hobbies and the adventures that we went on right now are kind of on hold. Yeah. I know the COVID thing's finally clearing up. I tell you the, the, the one thing that Dawn and I just love, we love the little town of Clay Alum. And I don't know what it is that draws us there, but we have spent the night there a couple of different times and just to wander around the old shops. And it's, it's just a place that brings comfort to both of us for some reason. Uh-huh. So we like to, um, that, that kind of stuff is fun. And then we've got a wonderful group of friends on the, on the West side that we have been invited to be their first house guest. Um, sometime this summer that's that their first house guest since a long time ago. And, uh, we're looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, uh, I do well, like to, good. uh, I, yeah. So, um, but you're right. There's, in this season of my life, everything takes so much energy and some of the drugs, the prescription I'm taking causes anxiety and some things. So I, I have to balance that too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I smoked pork shoulder last weekend and that was a major, major deal for me to do that. I was sweating that all week long. <laughs> really? Really? Yes, it was. I was just, oh, this is not going to work. But um, um, well, how, anyways, how did it I'm, turn out? Uh, wonderful. Oh, good. Going to do a second one this weekend because we've got groups of friends coming through the Tri Cities um, this summer, and a couple of them know about my pulled pork already, and they've kind of requested it. And then we're also going to put on a, a a meal for some people here in the line that have been hauling us hauling me around and helping me out sometime later this summer so we're gonna put a nice spread on for them oh that's awesome to have some things to look forward to and that sounds good that's that's one of my biggest challenges is looking forward to the i have to live every day and i have to have hope um and just believe that there is more for me that the good Lord wants me to do before being called home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know. I don't know why, but I, I'm not just making this up or some kind of whack job, but it's truly, I feel in my heart and my soul that there is more to come. And that's just faith. That's all that is. Um, so I live with that each day and I, I pray for, Pray for all the scientists and all the medical people that are studying these diseases and developing new ways to treat them and that they have wisdom and patience and the good Lord gives them insight so that they might, they might say, Hey, everybody here. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. Amen to that. I agree with that prayer. Somehow. um, I know I've had, not directly, but I've heard people in the past about other diseases. Well, God's punishing you. No, God does not punish us. That does not do that to us. This is the human condition. We are all susceptible to it. It just is. But I do know the good Lord can use 
whatever horrible situation for good. And I have lived that and I have seen that and experienced that. So I do believe that somehow this will be used for good and will somehow bring the light of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ into this world. Somehow, some way, I will. Yes. Yes. Amen. And you, you asked me about the job. I, I believe I have missed my calling. Steve asked, Steve gave me a book called Halftime to Read, and, it's, uh, and I've read most of it. And I believe I've not fulfilled whatever God put me here to do. I feel an emptiness in my soul. And a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine who works for um, works for Amazon. Now, I'm giving this piece of, next piece of information not because it matters, because it does not. He is a perfect child of God, perfectly formed in the image of God. He happens to be gay, and he sent me this thing saying Amazon is standing up a new department that is. Um, Diversity, D-A-I, diversity, acceptance, and inclusion. And he sent me a job posting. It says, Jim, you need to apply for this job. And I said, um, because of my treatment and the cancer and the stuff going on right now, I can't, I can't leave where I am. I can't make any changes right now. He goes, Jim, because I've heard people, I've seen people berate him on Facebook, you know, whatever derogatory term, whatever, you know, he's cleaned up his Facebook. He's killed a lot of his connections because they're rude and nasty. And I've told him multiple times, you are a perfect child of God. You are perfectly formed in the image of God. You are not wrong, broken, or abhorrent. You are exactly as the good Lord intended to you, you to be. And I was always taught as a kid that God makes no mistakes. And he just like, <laughs> um, I hope I get to see him in person again someday. Um, because we I worked with him at Boeing and he was he was a great guy to work with. Um, but that is that is my when people start bashing on people that are that don't fit the little square box that they want to shove them everybody into, I will say that every single time. And my one of my my goals is that diversity, acceptance, and inclusion. I want to find a job like that. Mm-hmm. I want to find, I want to do something that really, really brings the goodness of our Lord into this world. And the other thing is, is the only way which we at the Vine are talking, we talk that is that the only way we're going to grow this church and congregation, not like we need to be the biggest one around, but to really spread the word of God is to reach the margins of society. There are so many people in our country that have been deemed human garbage and been thrown away. And they are, you're just not good enough to be part of it. And then these people, they're lost, they're alone, they're broken. And if we reach to the margins and we spread the loving word of God, we can make a difference. And Again, I don't know how I learned how to do that, but that is my second half goal because being an industrial engineer, it's happened time and time again where you just become a number cruncher or a paper pusher or a chart maker. And when I took this job with the company I'm with now, they said it will never happen. It's happening. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, I, 
I want to make an impact on the world and I want to, want to share the love of God with people. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a ramble there, but that is, that is what makes me excited. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like that. Well, that was going to be my next question is what you're passionate about. And I think, I think we just heard <laughs> what you're passionate about, which is awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, even in the midst of, you know, the different seasons that you have lived, I mean, I can, in just that story that you shared, there's evidence of how God has been using you in the lives that you are in contact with. So I, I know you said it feels like you've missed the your calling. Um, I don't know if I agree with that 100%. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, so you're right, though. Uh, you're here today and today and 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 uh, you do have hope and you do have a future. And so it's encouraging to me to hear that you um, that you are excited about God and and the plans that he has for you. And so, so I'm, I'm curious what that's going to look like as, you know, as you continue to, to recover and um, explore ideas and, and who knows, Jim, like God is good and he has good, he has good ideas, way better ideas than we have. <laughs> and he does, he does bring good out of, out of just, the hard crap that happens. I pray daily that I will hear the nudges of the Holy Spirit and hear and feel, and I will hear the calling of my Lord Jesus Christ. That come this way. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And that I can change some people's lives. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to um, sharing this conversation with our church and with whoever else is interested in, in listening. And, and it's powerful when we share our stories and, and our yeah. passions. So thank you. And we're, we're approaching the, kind of the yeah. end of our time here, but I, I have a couple more questions for you. Do you have a brief story of when you knew that God was real? So I have told this story to one other person and um, I'm not lying. I am straight and honest with you completely. There was no transformation. There was no rebirth. There was no nothing from the time I was able to put a thought together in my head as far back as I can remember. Jesus, a loving God, our salvation has been fact in my head. There's, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how, because my, in my family, my dad did not talk about faith, even though he's a pastor. And so I, I don't know where it came from. Um, and so I've had conversations with people. It's like, well, you must've had, you must've been born again. No, I was not. I have as far back as my memory goes, and I'm picturing the church, the Methodist church in Chelan would have been about 1973 when I was kind of, you know, you kind of start putting together thoughts and knowing that you're an individual. And so I'd have been about five and I can remember, Oh yeah, it just is. So I don't, you can think I'm crazy, but I, it's, 
I have never doubted even for a moment, even when I wasn't part of the church and had, and had basically the politics and the things that I couldn't stand about it. Um, I, I still knew because of my faith, I knew I was, I was going to glory. That's all there was to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, that story does not match most stories I've been told. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Well, you have a faith. Thank you for sharing that. What is one question that you have for God? I guess if I ask a question, I'm an engineer. I want to see what's next. And I don't mean slowly over time. I want to know right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to wrap it up uh, with a few more questions. Um, What is now this has been a really difficult season for you, not just COVID the questions related to the pandemic, but you've had this incredibly difficult season of life and illness. And um, what is something good that's come out of this time for you? Um, The COVID part, nothing really, but this horrible thing, this has, my faith was strong. My faith is so much stronger. Um, And I have lost uh, somehow through my family life, it became shameful to profess your faith. And um, I have lost that, lost that, um, that thing I put upon myself. Uh I will talk about it, you know, wherever. I mean, I, my neighbor across the street, I helped him clear his driveway this winter with my snowblower. Um, That hurt, but I went and did it anyways. Um, (laughs) And, um, um, uh, my, uh, our, our safety manager at work, when he found out he, uh, that I was sick, he said, wow, Jim. And I, he made some comments says, Oh, you're a man of faith, aren't you? He says, yes. And I says, well, Hey, I really appreciate that you took the chance and put this in a work email. Um, so I've, and I will tell, I have no problem speaking up and, uh, and professing my faith mm-hmm. now. Where I used to be just terrified to do that. Hmm. So that is one really good outcome of what's happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri-Cities? Um, it's going to be a bacon cheeseburger. But if they don't have cheddar cheese, it's not happening because I don't want that American stuff. It's gross. <laughs> and... Um, I tend to pick restaurants that have real French fries. We live in potato country. Why do they have processed French fries? I don't I, know. So where do you go? So do you have a favorite restaurant? Have you, um, found, have you uh, found the best burger? The best burger um, is either Hops and Drops, but they have potato chips, so that, that's okay, um, <laughs> or Five Guys. The rest of the places, they're, it's processed French fries. I don't want processed French fries. It's mm-hmm. a potato. Cut it up and deep fry it. Yeah. Um, what is the title of the last book that you read so i'm working on two right now and one is called halftime 
And the other one is something like the seventh story. It's a, it's a book, full book Steve gave me. Yeah, it's called the seventh story and the seventh story. I got to a point in that book and I put it down and I haven't picked it up for almost a week because it is, it is horrible that what we do as humans and we do it over and over and over again. I don't mean individual humans. I mean, groups, countries, governments, whatever. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> so okay. so, sounds like you're reading some um, nonfiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, they'll sound like they sound good, but like you got to pace yourself, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, the last question I have for you for this conversation is uh, what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? What brings me joy is waking up every morning and knowing I get one more day on this planet with my wife. And I'm one more day to live, love, and serve the Lord. Um, and then uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some friends I've not seen in over a year now because of COVID. That's, mm-hmm. Those are two kind of, that's the kind of the driving thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a big yeah. difference to be able to see people in person and and um, have something to look forward to. So, yeah, so good. I hope that you have a wonderful summer and that those yeah. plans you have work out. And mm-hmm. I hope they do too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I appreciate you sharing it was just really good to hear from you and to hear a little bit of what you've been going through and um, just who you are. So thank you. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.